Self-proclaimed '90s cool boy Handley here. Hey, it's catching uh, on. It's a reincorp from the podcast. If you're this deep into the podcast, you know that I haven't watched Friends before, and that Nikki and Nico have, and they bloody love it, and we watch it together. Bloody love it. That's the that's the premise. You guys yeah. know that now. And this episode, the uh, one where underdog gets away, was all about Thanksgiving. It was the first <laughs> holiday-themed episode. Yes. Yeah. It was. Did you, uh, I was going to say do Christmas specials, but you know what? Don't tell me. We'll okay, I won't, I won't tell you. We'll get there. <laughs> I won't tell you. What <laughs> I am looking forward to, if they do have Christmas specials, is seeing what ugly naked guy is getting up to at various Christmas holidays. Because mm. this one was kind of nice. He had somebody well, over. And yeah, well, this, it brought them all back together in the end in yeah. a really quick and meaningless way. In so. a very convenient way. The whole, this whole episode was about them having individually terrible thanksgivings that made them go apart for a bit and then reunite and go oh you know what at the end of the day we are friends the thing that i love about this episode is the last one was a train wreck (laughs) (laughs) but one of your requests hadley was that amongst nana's belongings as they were searching for her stuff (laughs) they found like a nazi dagger or something really fucked up drama in this one, you got underdog <laughs> becoming untethered from the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Sure, we didn't get to see any of it. Granted. <laughs> but I think there's a bit of like that's a bit of what you were asking for. It is. Friends yeah. delivered, a bit of a curveball. Yeah, they set it up with some great stock footage of the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Yeah. And then they go, Oh, this is something that's a bit full on, this is a bit bizarre, yeah. it's a bit weird, it's out there, I'll take it. When Chandler blasts through the door and he's like, Guys, the most amazing thing has happened. I, I found saw- a nutty dagger. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your face light up like finally something is happening. Eleven episodes deep. We've got plot. <laughs> It's an event. It's a thing that is yeah. happening. And also, just finally, it's something that's in the title that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that almost hey, happens. Hey, Nana did die twice. Yeah, we found a thumb in a can. Yeah. And George Stephanophagus was uh, <laughs> around. His pizza? Now, I'll tell you okay. who else was around. And I don't know if you guys... I mean, there's a, a slight age gap between all three of us. 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else take great joy in Terry, the cafe uh, owner? Yeah, no, so are you going to do this in the form of a quiz? Yeah, sure. So, Hadley, you remember Terry as the first yeah, appearance yeah, yeah, yeah. of Terry, Rachel's boss, an old sort of bald gentleman who's quite sort of anxious and in some ways Woody Allen-esque, I'd say, yeah. um, without all of the horrors <laughs> that I know of. Um, do you know who Terry is? The actor that plays Terry, do you know what he's from? I do not. I know, but thought this is the second episode in a row that they've had a really strong character in the cold opening. I'm like, that's cool. I like that. But no. Who is he? Terry is played by the dad from Elf. Huh! I'd kill me! <laughs> Elf. 
alien life form elf. Trying to eat 80s the cat. sitcom trying to eat the cat elf. <laughs> Pizza loving elf. Well, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. And I saw I was like, yes. <laughs> I remember. Actually, more than anything, I was like, Nikki's going to be so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching the, that episode of Friends for the first time in the 90s mm. and being like, hey, it's the guy from Elf. <laughs> and being thrilled that he had work. <laughs> <laughs> it's moments like that as a child, I'll be watching TV and seeing an actor that was in something and I find so, um, like, they are that character, that person, and then seeing them in something else that I first kind of realised, like, that their jobs and that yeah and that guy was probably stoked to get another gig um, totally do you know another thing this has nothing to do with friends but last night nico is a wonderful husband but at times he does some interesting things one of which is quite often towards like the end of the night just before bed without talking to me about it he'll just pick something on netflix and turn it on while we're both sitting on the couch last night he chose the movie Police Academy. And then what always happens is three minutes into that, People's he falls asleep. asleep. <laughs> and so I was sitting there just like, why am I watching Steve Gutenberg and all of these like racist jokes? You know, uh, I, t- I turned it off well, pretty quick. Well, to be fair. You were asleep. Known. Yeah, you were asleep. You didn't know. You were none the wiser. I had some very racist dreams. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, sorry, I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden, do you, do you remember? Has anyone here, do you really remember Police Academy? Not really. I remember the sound effects guy and that's about yeah. it. That's why I was, yeah. I was going for Gutenberg. Exactly. You're guy. like sound effects guy, Gutenberg, and then you're like high top. I remember that. And then that like really meek, well, I don't know what to say. Like, And they, they all started coming back to me. And then the young posh woman who's like i just want to join the police force played by kim cattrall at the age oh. of like i'm gonna say 21 i don't know it's kim cattrall she's probably like 50 oh yeah probably yeah <laughs> um, so no none of that no, no, no. <laughs> sorry she was only 17 and 6 in the city um <laughs> so yeah i backed up with more meanness <laughs> Double um, down. see my go-to police academy movie because we're moving right along um <laughs> is citizens on patrol I'm so sad that you even said this and it's my go-to police academy. I mean, I, my go-to from the 90s where I put it on in the afternoon more than the evening, <laughs> so there was no chance of me falling asleep. Sorry about that, by the way. That's great. So, friends. <laughs> See, I think um, what just happened there, we had an argument and then we, we resolved it. And hashtag, that's exactly what happened. Hashtag marriage, guys. Yeah. yeah hashtag friends. Hashtag <laughs> more than friends? <laughs> jumping, jumping off point from Nikki saying... I'll tell you who was around, mm. and then we had the conversation about Elf. Mm. I'll tell you who else was around in this episode. Yeah. Ross's ex-wife, Carol, mm. and her lesbian life partner, Susan. Okay. An observation I have of Susan, mm-hmm. maybe it's a character choice a la Nicolas Cage delivering his lines like a crazy person often. Is it? Oh, no, 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 go. She's Jacob Silge-esque, if you remember that <laughs> classic Will Ferrell yes. uh, character from Weekend Update, where he can't modulate the tone of his voice. Why is she screaming at me the entire episode? So loud. Yeah. Like, was the boom guy not there that day? So there's like, they had put a boom on the camera operator and she had to project her voice. And what I found, what I loved about that so much was that they were talking about whether or not the baby would be able to hear yeah. them. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's going to be. If you talk that loud, no matter what, at what stage of the pregnancy, they were going to hear you. The direct quote was, I want the baby to hear my voice. Lady, <laughs> the baby can hear your voice before the baby was even conceived. I'm a little bit softer now. I'm a little bit softer now. I was too busy looking at her slamming jeans and oh, belt yeah. combo to notice the, the loudness of her voice. That, to was be a good, that was a good look. 
I like that fashion has come back around where that's not on fashion watch. It's like, oh, cool outfit. Yeah, yeah. On the note of fashion watch. Yes. Can you do the the jingle? I I, I don't know. Fashion watch. Bum. We haven't seen Joey's neck in weeks. What's going on? I mean, particularly the blue, uh, the brown suede jumper. Oh, see, yeah, I was like velour. Oh, yeah. There were two turtlenecks of note in the episode. Joey's monstrosity. Mm. What the fuck? And. And I nearly said J-Lo, because I said for a little before. Not J-Lo. Ross's cable knit, mm. real clunky chunky one. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a clunky chunky. But yeah, where's Joey's neck? Is, uh, M-I-A. I don't know whether this is like a, a bit of trivia that as, as friends of friends, you all know, like, hi, oh, at the time, like, Mark LeBlanc had... Um, His neck was on vacation. <laughs> yeah, or like... <laughs> they had like, a standard neck. Neck wasn't paying, like, union fees or something like that, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he lost his insurance and <laughs> yeah. he couldn't appear in yeah. the episode. Well, maybe, like, he was just getting hickeys. Maybe. Um, I don't know. He had, like, a, like a, I don't know, some sort of accident riding a horse, maybe, and they had to cover his neck up. Yeah. Had turkey neck, so he got a bit of a cosmetic surgery, waiting mm. for the scars to heal. He's waiting for uh, season two to get picked up, so he's got that, that sweet, sweet surgery money. Yeah. I love turkey necks could be a genuine concern if you're a turkey, <laughs> like, based on their necks. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, no, turkeys have like those gobbly, like swingity, yeah. goobity necks. I think they call wattles. Yeah. 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 But like, I just, I love the, the idea of a turkey being like, flicking it, being like, oh, it's a bit much, and going to, going like the neck doctor, and yeah. then coming back with like a slim, sleek, like, but modeling turtlenecks at the same time, being like, look what I can do now. Yeah. And other, other turkeys are jealous. Speaking of turkeys. Thanks. Monica. <laughs> You're welcome. Vern uh, Hurst. And I thought Monica, she had an outburst that was well justified. Those it's friends so are so ungrateful, mm. and she was doing so much work for them. And Chandler, he continues to disappoint me. I saw the abhorrent look you gave him when he's like, she has this emotional outpouring, and then at the height of it, he just says, Monica, only dogs can hear you now. And Hadley's face was like... Oh my god, I hate this guy so much. How could he? I was going into Friends 10 weeks ago, and I'll admit, this is probably just based on um, Studio 60 of the Sunset Strip. But I figured, you know what, I'm probably a Chandler. And I watched this going like, I could not be friends with him. He doesn't offer enough to the friend group. He doesn't justify the level of sass and just upset negativity. He doesn't balance that out with positivity and I find that with a lot of my sassy friends where they'll like call you like a name or something like that and they think they're being funny and sassy and I was like cool we can open with that but also you've got to be caring and balance it and he doesn't he tries to redeem himself later on with his shitty cheese toasties and all dumb speech about oh thanks we're all having terrible Thanksgiving but Chandler Bing I'm saying it now you are no friend of mine <laughs> Wow, That's I'll it. He's out. <laughs> only five one friends. by one, yeah. Joey, you are on very shaky ground. I'll never hang out with Joey one on one, but he can make up the the my group of friends. Phoebe, I like a lot. There's just she's just got something going on that that she's like. Well, I saw um, Rachel in the in the uh, opening as well, where she was asking her boss for the tip and then uh, the advance and her tips, and then she had to go and and she just had a smile. Okay, I can see why people like. Young Jennifer Aniston, she seems lovely, but Phoebe is just endearing in a way that that none of the others are. Mm, mm. It's because she's had such a sad life. 
Yeah. She's faced such adversity mm. and has still become a beautiful person because of it. Whereas, you know, Chandler, his parents divorced on um, on Thanksgiving, or at least told him about that, and it ruined him for life. He's been holding on to that since he was nine years old, and um, it's become carcinogenic. <laughs> Chandler Bing. The I cancer will... of the friends. <laughs> I pray for you, Chandler Bing. <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I took it to a place. What a rant. Um, feel free to bring her back. I have a question. Please. <laughs> what is the word carcinogenic? <laughs> <laughs> now, my question is about Carol. Notice anything? She's pregnant. Isn't this the first time we've seen the new Carol? So Carol is Ross's ex-wife. Yeah. And I, I, I've even seen the character in weeks... Um, yeah, so, she's played by a different actor. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, actually, I can't remember now. But this is the first time we've seen. Yeah, definitely a different actress. Yeah, but I can't remember if she's, if she's popped up before. No, she hasn't. This oh. is it. All right. This is your introduction to the new vanilla Carol, who you didn't even notice was a different person. The original Carol's eardrums were burst by Susan's <laughs> yelling, so they had to replace her. <laughs> Action. <laughs> Action! She can't hear me. We've got to get rid of her. Bring him. I can hear you fine. Thank you, Susan. Amazing. Susan's painful. Um, Susan, you are no friend of mine. <laughs> Clearly, the new Carols are no talking point women are interchangeable. Moving on. Yeah. I'm going to put this down to this is a me problem and not a not a Carol problem. I'm still I'm looking at Terry. I'm looking at Sandra Chandler's workmate. Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> Her too. Elliot <laughs> uh, Gould pops up. We've got um, Lowell and Brian occasionally. Oh my gosh, you're just new people, too many new people. Mm. Um, underdog, he got free. <laughs> he popped up, but then popped. I love it. Like, there's literally maybe the appearance of one additional, like, extra and maybe one <gasps> recurring character per episode. And you're like, it's too much, too much for me. Yeah. This show continues to break boundaries in interesting ways. <laughs> Normally they have their stings that play in between bits and pieces to cover up. I love where you're going with this. And I feel like it's because they can write the stings and pay someone 30 bucks to just go... Bow, 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 bow. Mm. <laughs> Do they it's, own it's, the rights that said, don't stand so... Don't stand so close to me. Oh, yeah, so this is the montage for people that don't know. Right, Joey gets a job as a model, and it turns out uh, he didn't know quite what illness he was going to be the, the face of, but it's for venereal um, disease. And his, the poster of that, yeah. I'm sorry, wh- whatever venereal disease company, prevention companies, their marketing budget must be through the roof if they can afford posters to go on a vast array of shops. Mm-hmm. And then... Two billboards in Times Square, yeah. one electronic one, and one enormous one next to, like, the Lion King poster. It's like, how much money are they spending on that? Mm. Joey needs to fire his agent if he's not getting a bank for that. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. He should be absolutely rolling, rich. Rolling in the venereal disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Gross. But, yeah, so there's a montage of all these posters going up set to the police. Mm. Don't stand so close to me, sha, sha, sha. So does NBC own Sting? <laughs> Join us on the next episode of 
Who owns Sting? <laughs> Sting. Um, <laughs> Sister podcast. <laughs> because then also later on in the episode, Ross sings the theme tune from the Monkees. <laughs> Do they own the Monkees? Why, why are they getting singing weird songs all of a sudden? <laughs> what, what's the choice? Well, Can't they just pay much, the right? Well, much like the theme song to this podcast... I love the lyrics that Ross was singing were wrong. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they got around, they're like, we're not singing that song. It's like you've got like a certain percentage of the song that you can sing. Yeah. But we know it was the monkeys theme. Oh, yeah. I think hey, we hey. need to start. Does he actually say, hey, hey, we're the monkeys? I can't remember. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm your daddy. I'm the one without any breasts. <laughs> that, that is the line. Yeah. I mean, amazing lyrics. I don't know. I think that we could probably start like a side project, like a sort of fair go or crime watch search for who owns, <laughs> who owns Sting in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. We know Trudy Styler owns him now. Mm. I'm assuming that they're not married, that she actually just bought him. <laughs> she, well, yeah. she secured all of the rights <laughs> yeah, to yeah. his music. Yeah. And, and much him. like a ship in a bottle, mm. he lives on her mantelpiece. Message in a bottle. Oh, well done. <laughs> yeah. A message in a And after... That joke was Fields of Gold. <laughs> I struggled to think of this thing. So. That's the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a water world. <laughs> what a world. What a world. I just want to say one more thing. Say about, four more things. About the, about the VD poster <laughs> montage. Yeah. The ending of that montage is like supremo. A staggered zoom <laughs> where it just basically goes like dilla, 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 like closer and closer in these like jump shots mm. into one of the poster. Like it might as well have finished with that like shoo shoo spin <laughs> faded for the PowerPoint. Yeah. It yeah. was amazing. Well, Who bat- edited that? The Batman theme. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, we'll just fade out the music and I don't know. With the visuals, just maybe do some sort of staggered zoom and a dissolve. Yeah. Maybe the blinds effect. <laughs> well, we've got 10 seconds of actual zoom, but five seconds of footage that we need to fill. Just cut out five seconds from in the middle. Just go. Alternating seconds. Yeah. One, 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 one. One, three, five, seven, nine. While we're on weird choices, mm-hmm. I know that we want to show that Rachel is going to go skiing. Why does she have her skis in her house? Not even that. She's struggling to get $100. Hmm. Yet she had, she owns skis. She used to be rich, though. It's not like she gave away all of her property. Oh, I don't know. She's like, cut up all her credit cards and it's like... <laughs> she didn't stand in front of the sink and cut up her skis. There's some big scissors. <laughs> no, like, the fact that the, the, the she's like, I can't afford this, I can't afford this. I'm just going to go get my things. And then comes out of her room with skis, but in like a fancy travel ski pouch thing. No, I totally It annoyed me. It's a hang-up from your past life. Also, a hundred bucks for flights, even if it is the early 90s, if you're you're buying those the day before you're flying out, bargain. Why aren't you more organised? Mm. And also, where is Vail? Nobody knows. It's not in the States, is it? <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? Isn't it like an Alpine town? Or like Montauk. Oh, if it's a hundred bucks, it must be. It's an internal domestic. It's a domestic flight. She's on Spirit Airways. Yeah, but the skis... I don't have a problem with the skis. I don't think it's very hard to imagine that she's taken all of her nice clothes and her jewellery and her I skis mean, and like all of the things that she had that were hers. Of course she's still got them. I didn't leave them at Barry's house. Um, I don't know. Also, my one of my initial thoughts was, there's not enough room in the apartment for skis. That's a lie. That apartment's massive. Too bad. Yeah. They could swing some skis in there. In the court of friends, get out of here with your, your skis gripe. Your friend's gavel, it banged. Yeah, it banged. Okay, um, I want to bring up another another um, charge in the friends' court then. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> the Honourable Judge Nikki presiding no, against... Judge Judy, Judge Judy. Oh, okay. <laughs> judge Judy Pickles. Yeah. He plays Ross... uh, the gala mother. <laughs> okay, cool. Ross picks 
has major on a dare. <laughs> so the context when he's talking to the baby bump and it just doesn't dissolve in his mid mid conversation and you he's just chatting to the baby about you, you know, you've got to pick, pick a major. major. So on a dare, I picked paleontology. So this would lead you to believe one of several things. You would think that someone who picks their their major on a dare, and then he goes in and he like works at the museum. Does he own it? Oh, we didn't establish that. He doesn't own the museum. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> we don't know that. I don't think. Gallaheim. Yeah. Nice. You'd think he's like a fun, outgoing, like oh, I'll just do this on a whim, I'll do this on a dare kind of guy. But that's not the man that we've learned Ross is. So here's my question. Is that just out of character, or did something happen to him and he's now become, I don't know, more introverted and less trying? He's less, he's more reluctant to try new things. The thing I really love about this rewatch with like fresh eyes from you is like there's so much about it that we just take for granted that we're like, it all evens itself out. It all comes out in the wash. And by this time, the backstory is firmly established. And coming back to that early sort of white choices that characters are making you're like oh yeah that doesn't it's incongruous mm. you know but then we're able to just sort of let that go because later on they're like they re-explain it. it's like the new spider-man where they just give someone a slightly different backstory that's kind of vaguely the same so i mean yeah in short ross is spider-man that's what i wanted yeah. to hear he's yeah. in new york he got bit by a spider yeah. he studies old bones <laughs> uncle totally. bob and aunt june i got one question it has really nothing to do with this episode yeah it's just a general friend's question. Are you any wiser around what Phoebe's job is? No, no, not at all. I, but also I haven't thought about Phoebe's job at all because I was thinking just while watching that last episode, they give her nothing. And I think it's such a credit to Lisa Kudrow that she is just giving her everything. And in the hands of a, of a lesser actor, it would just be a nothing character. But she is just really crushing it and I'm she proud of her. She has captured your heart. <clears throat> well, been a big time. I, I think I just love, I love her. I love You Ross, love Lisa. I, I love Lisa. I love Ross and Monica's chemistry. I think that's really great. I think they sell like <laughs> siblings really, really yeah, well. They, they really care about each other. I think that's really, really cool. Even Matt LeBlanc had some moments when he was saying, oh, something, 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 and a tart. And it was real, like... Oh, yeah, when he's talking about, yeah, you get oh. a piece of turkey, some gravy, and a tart. Like, yeah. I always hated his delivery, that line. Uh, I loved it. It comes out so whingy. Well, he is whinging. I know. Yeah. I, it, annoys, it annoys me. This is gripes. I think this is an episode of my gripes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Susan's too loud. <laughs> what are the skis doing in that ski bag? <laughs> Joey's tots. No neck. No neck. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's the thing, eh? Join us next episode for Nick Watch. When will it reappear? Yeah. When will that turtleneck? Speaking of next episode, Fold down. guys, mm-hmm. the one with the monkey. Go right. On. Here is what it isn't, because I've done this too many times. It's a monkey that escapes from somewhere and gets in the apartment. <laughs> too obvious. That's what they want you to think. And what this one is, is there's no monkey escaped or is not loose. There's just a monkey that's been living in the apartment the whole time. <laughs> And what is weird is, he's got squatters rights. <laughs> and this divides the friends group where they're like, mm, we can't move out, it's just a monkey. And then Phoebe's like, well, what do you mean just a monkey? It's got feelings like us, it's got rights just like us. It sounds like something Phoebe would say. And weirdly, Chandler backs her up. <laughs> he's got law knowledge, and he's like, guys, um, I hate to say this, but Phoebe's right. It's a legal dispute with a monkey. Judge Judy makes an appearance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As the monkey. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, uh, you put me in here. <laughs>